Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G, with me. As always, the one, the only, Dave Burlestone the Third, Berlin. Why, thank you, thank you. Doc, this is the first show post Minshew Mania. What? No. You know, it's, is, it's a is sad it dead time. now? It's dead. It's, oh, it's dead. Geez. But uh, not dead for bring, me, man. Not dead for we me. We will bring the, the love, the, the craziness, the insanely good looks mm -hmm. that they're missing from that over to this show. Mm. He didn't shave his mustache, did he? I didn't miss that, did I? No, no, he didn't okay. shave the mustache. Okay, He'll well then that's... On the bench. Then Minshew Manias is still in, in effect for me. As long as he has a mustache, that's all I need. That's all, that's <laughs> all I need. Then. <laughs> um, Dave, I want to warn you. I've got to start off the show with an old man complaint. What? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean you're you're old, so that's, exactly. that's what you old people do. You complain exactly. about I, stuff. I know it's not super appealing to start off with an old man complaint, but like you said, I'm old, and this has been annoying I me. I can't run away, so you have an, an ear to listen. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and the listeners, they're going to turn the channel, but it's fine. Uh, you have to be here. Um, <laughs> I'm stuck. Yeah, let me let me file this complaint here um, by starting off and letting everyone know I'm a sidewalk walker. Uh, mm -hmm. I get my walk on a lot. In in you fact, do. in fact, I'm a proud winner of a yearly walking challenge twice in a row. That's right, twice. Bam. Now, uh, when I get my walk on, most people notice I don't walk fast. Nope. In fact, I uh, detest no, walking cruising. fast. Yeah, I don't. No. Hurts my hips, makes me feel goofy, I feel anxious. Yeah, don't like it. Most things about walking fast, don't like. So true. But I got derailed because this isn't about walking fast. Nope. The complaint is about sidewalk etiquette, Dave. Sidewalk mm. etiquette. And I feel like no one has sidewalk etiquette anymore. Especially uh, on a college campus. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, uh, that's ground zero right there. It's pretty horrible there. It's pretty horrible. Uh, now, I was under the understanding that sidewalks, and I feel like most people are under this understanding, that sidewalks, we essentially follow the same rules of the road as you do Correct. in a car. Correct. You, you stay on the right side of the sidewalk. You pass slower walkers on the left side of the sidewalk. If you have oncoming traffic, you make sure to avoid oncoming traffic. I thought that was... These were things. Yes, yeah, so it's like you're going down a, a two-lane country road where you can cross over to the other side yeah. mm -hmm. at your own risk. Yeah, and if, and if you are, if you're with a group, a posse, and you've got a, a line taking up the whole sidewalk and you see oncoming traffic, you go to single mm -hmm. file to accommodate the traffic. That's right. Single file formation. Dave... These rules are not being used in society today. Uh, freaking millennials, man. It's absolutely... Generation Z. I was about to say, not millennials. Nope. It is Zebos. Do not kid yourself, yep. Dave. It is yep, Zebos. Yep, yep. 
it is absolute chaos on these sidewalks. <laughs> Do you see inter- like a bunch of wrecks lately? Yeah, yeah. The level of confusion and anarchy on the sidewalks, it hasn't been seen since the great sidewalk crisis of 1872. Wait, what? I made that up, by the way. And just <laughs> just for listeners that went to Google to, side, to the sidewalk crisis of 1972. Yeah, what and like, the hell hey, is that? Hey, it wasn't here. That's a lie. Um, Dave, I can deal with most of the chaos out there. In fact, I have. I don't like it, but mm-hmm. I can deal with it. There are two things, though... I cannot deal with. Nope. And I'm going to have to address those. First, I can't handle sidewalk tailgaters. So true. Do not like it. Let me ask the listeners, have you ever been walking on the sidewalk and you hear a couple of people walking behind you? Their voices get closer and closer until the point that you feel like you're in their conversation because they're Mm -hmm. right behind you. So you assume, like, you know what? They'll pass me. But they don't. Wait, what? They just keep walking behind you. So you slow down. You're like, maybe, okay, maybe I'm speeding up. I'll slow down. And you slow down more so they can go around you. And instead of passing you, they slow down too. Girl, come on. I mean, you would think that you wouldn't want to be behind some weirdo like myself listening in on your conversation. Nope. But they just sat there behind me, and I'm like, I can, why? Why are you back there? I don't get it. It's like they have no control of their own speed. Nope. And the only way they can regulate is by sticking to me. <laughs> by you, yep. <laughs> I don't get it. I, you know how many times I've been walking on a sidewalk, this has happened, and I've literally just had to swerve off the sidewalk and wait until they pass me, just like stop at some random place? Like a car and just be like, hey, hey, just keep going. Mm. Just keep going. I've had to do that many a times, Dave. Many a times. Jeez. Can't stand it. If you're a tailgater, right now, fix your behavior immediately. Fix it. I think part of the issue there is they get so entwined in their conversation that they don't even realize Mm. how close they are to you. So true. I I could see. Okay, that's that's a that's a okay excuse. I like that excuse. Yes. Still, I I don't accept their tailgate. Still, don't don't like, be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I like that excuse though. Uh, second thing, I cannot handle are non-accommodators. Okay. Non-accommodators. So those. I need some description. Yep. So you've got a group of folks walking down the sidewalk. Maybe it's two. It's three. Who knows? But they're all walking mm-hmm. beside each other. They're walking Uh, parallel. As they walk down the sidewalk, instead of accommodating for other sidewalk walkers, they stick to their giant obtrusive formation. And as a result, people are getting Mm -hmm. pushed out into the road, getting ran over, thrown over bridges into ravines. Absolute chaos. (laughs) Word. Be respectful to your fellow man. That's what I'm saying. I know you're excited about hanging out with your crew, but realize... The sidewalk has rules and regulations, people. That's right. <sighs> well, it's not their sidewalk. Like that's that's the worst is when people look at you like you're crazy for you know being on your half of the sidewalk. Exactly. Like, exactly. I'm not gonna and, walk in the grass. Like, and these and, are brand new shoes. There you go. There. You, uh, maybe I'm wearing a new set of J's. Maybe I'm wearing J's exactly. and I can't I can't get into the grass. And I mean, this is just completely off the top of my head, Dave. But I would guess thousands of people have died from this uh, this year alone. 
That's my guess. Man. So true. By the way, listeners. I bet that's pretty factual. <laughs> by the way, listeners, that goes in the same category as the sidewalk crisis of 1872. Don't look it up. That's completely a lie. Anyways, Dave, now that I've spoke my sidewalk piece, are you ready to fire up the show? Dude, fire it up, man. Let's go. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Woo! Whew, I feel better now. I feel like a weight has lifted you, off you of me. You've just gotten it off of you. Yeah. Yes. I'm always feel, here for you, man. Whenever you I've, need to just get it off. You're like a counselor, Dave. An unlicensed, unhelpful counselor. I love it. What? Yes. I love it. Dave, I we have, have the beard of a great counselor. Yeah. Exactly. We have such a good show today. We have Jordan Davis. Now, yes. Yes. Sound the alarm. Jordan yep, that Davis. One, that one. I mean, fantastic country music artist out of Nashville, originally out of Shreveport. His album, Home State, almost a billion streams. That's right. A billion streams. It's like a billion more than us. So true. Yes. Round it up, give or take a couple. Yeah. Literally, you could say that. <laughs> you would easily be in the line for the actual rounding up that physics use right there, and you'd be correct. It's crazy, man. And he's got a fantastic beard. Oh, man. Yes. So fantastic. There's nothing wrong about him. Nope. Nothing. Now, now, uh, you, uh, some listeners may be like, hey, what's the deal? You were advertising Fantastic Negrito. Well, we had to switch around, listeners. There were some conflicts, some scheduling conflicts. We had to switch it around. So don't worry. Fantastic Negrito, also a fantastic guest, no pun intended, oh, yeah. coming next week. Next week. So, so keep it locked, of course. But first, Dave, we start where we start. Birthday yes, we soon. do. Happy birthday. President. <clears throat> okay. What? Mm. Born on November 6, 1998. In mm. or sorry, 1988. Sorry, sorry. 1988. Okay, 1988. In Scottsdale, Arizona. She started acting at a young age of 4. She initially okay. was interested in sketch comedy but switched her focus to musical theater. Her first acting mm -hmm. appearance on stage was in the production of Wind and the Willows. She started high school, but dropped out after a semester. She made a <laughs> PowerPoint presentation to her parents titled Project Hollywood, explaining why she needed to move to Hollywood and become an actress. Wait, what? And unbelievably, her parents agreed. Girl, come on. That's the most amazing Goodness thing gracious. to me, because my parents would be like, shut up and go back to your room. And then, yeah, you're okay. grounded. <laughs> okay, sounds good. But I made this PowerPoint. Shut up, I don't know what a PowerPoint is. Nope. Okay, sorry. Um... She moved to L.A. with her mom and auditioned for many shows. She got none at first. While auditioning, she started taking classes again online and worked part-time at a dog treat bakery. She made her big breakthrough when she got picked to play Jules in 2007's Superbad. She went on to play Marma in Marmaduke, Easy A, 
Crazy Stupid Love, The Amazing Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, Birdman, La La Land. Name that mm. birthday suit wearer. Mm. Emma Stone. Emma Stone is... There we go. Correct. Very nice. Turning the big 3-1. So wow. old. So old. That's younger than expected, actually. Really? You thought she was older than that? I probably, yeah. She's just been around a while now, so it just seems like... I don't know. I'm getting old, too, so... I thought she was younger than that. I thought she was like, you know, like 26, 25. And then I was like, oh, God, in the 30s? Jeez. So old, man. That's right. Big 3-1. Big 3-1. Enjoy it, Emma. Enjoy it. Yes, indeed. Great movie. I love Easy A. I love Crazy Stupid yes. Love, too. Both of those. Yes. Very good movies. Very good movies. And, of course, Super Bad. Classic. Yeah. Classic. That's number one. Uh, okay. Dave, you ready? Ribbon headlines? Yes, sir. Rip All right. It. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Okay. Uh, Dave, this next story comes from International Business Times. Dave, do you have any uh, fillings or any replacement teeth? Hmm. Um, do they give you a filling for a cavity? They can. Or they can just clean it out, you know, and not actually fill it. I feel like I have a filling. I don't okay. know. Okay. Okay. Well, I thought maybe you got like a tooth knocked out in a prize fight back in the 70s. I wasn't sure. What? Uh, nah. this, this next story is about a pretty gold tooth. For I've always wanted a gold tooth, though. This the, Here's the caveat. It's for a tiger. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine a tiger full of gold teeth? Just one. Oh, Just one. A pirate know, tiger, Dave. A pirate <laughs> tiger. So uh, this is the six-year-old Bengal tiger, Kara. She lives in Germany. And Kara was brought mm -hmm. to Germany after she was confiscated from an illegal owner in Italy. So... Uh, Kara had some trouble with her bite earlier, and she had to undergo mm -hmm. two surgeries. And while oh. they're doing the surgery, they noticed that her front tooth had some grooves, and it looked like it could fracture. Word. Not good. No. So they called together a group of international vets and talked about it. They came up with the, the procedure, and sure enough, she cracked her tooth on a toy. Not to worry. They got the replacement tooth, and she underwent surgery and came out with a gold canine tooth. Yeah. Yeah. How much is that tooth worth? Don't know. Don't know, but it's it's pretty big. Yes! It's I mean, you know, it's it's a it's a canine of a tiger. So yeah. first off, I gotta say for Kara, glad to hear she can eat casually again. That's nice. Oh, but yeah. I do That's have the most to important. I do have to ask why it had to be gold. Hmm. Like, I feel like some other type would be cheaper. So true. You know? Like, you don't have yeah. to make it gold-plated. I feel like you, there's a cheaper material out there. That's uh, just as strong. Maybe I just don't know. Maybe gold-plated replacement tooth is the cheapest. Then I also got to wonder, crazy. do other animals recognize, like, grills? Like, do... <laughs> Is, is there like a group of monkeys that see Kara and are like, oh, 
guys. She's killing Watch it. out. That tiger has has seen and did some things. Stay away <laughs> from that tiger. Uh, Dave, this next story is from BBC. That's right. Solid. Uh, my favorite. Yeah, solid, solid source right there. Uh, mm-hmm. So the company Mother's Lounge was sending out some heart attack inducing mail the other week. Word. Uh, let me ex- let me explain here. Apparently, Mother's Lounge is a company started by Ginny Bosco that sells all sorts of baby gear. Uh, you know, okay. car car seats, clothes, everything. In fact, their websites say they sell all things baby and mother. So true. Well, it would make sense that Mother's Lounge would like to know who's pregnant out there. You know, definitely mm-hmm. help them find their key demographic. Sure. The good news for Jenny and the gang at Mother's Lounge, through a third-person market company, they obtained a list of several hundred women that signed up deals regarding maternity clothes or products with their contact information. Word. Now That's strange. (laughs) the, The bad news for Mother's Lounge, for everyone on that list... Most of these women weren't actually pre- uh, pregnant. And oh. Mother's Lounge sent out cards to them like they were pregnant. Yes. <laughs> so Mother's Lounge sent gift cards to all these women saying, Congratulations on being pregnant. And most of them not pregnant. Uh, now, the best ones were the ones that were sent to parents' houses and then the parents saw the cards and thought their daughter Mm. was pregnant. Wait, what? And they had just found out through Mother's Lounge gift card that their daughter was pregnant. Uh, So uh, probably my favorite uh, was on Twitter, uh, Agnets, at Agnets, whoever this is. She tweeted, who the is Jenny B and why did she send me $245 in gift cards to my childhood home congratulating me on my pregnancy Hmm. she then followed that up by saying quote this is literally how my mother thought she was finding out that I was pregnant I'm calling the FBI end quote word so Dave I have a couple things on the story first mother's lounge maybe just maybe Make sure the person's pregnant before you send them in. So true. Seems like, seems like something you'd want to, you know, double check somehow. Mm. That's right. Uh, second, Agnes. She gave you $245 in gift cards. That's awesome. It'd be yeah. one thing if she gave you like a $10 gift card. But $245? Go buy some baby stuff. Why not? I'll buy baby yeah, stuff if I have 245 Yeah. Sell there. it on eBay. Who knows? Second... <laughs> Call the FBI? Isn't that a little bit high? Like, they're going to be a little confused when you call. They're going to be like, uh... we got a lot of cases of, like, white supremacy terrorism and ISIS terrorist threats. So true. Other such things going on. But don't worry, we'll totally look into your random gift card giver. Nope. Soon. Nope. Real soon. It's nope. on the top of the list. Nope. Come on. Come on, Agnets. Uh, Dave, headline, are you ready? Yes, sir. Okay, this is uh, from Channel 5 on your side, NBC in Missouri. Quote, 
man wearing it's not a crime unless you get caught shirt gets caught on security <laughs> cam committing a crime. Mm. Yeah, yikes. Yikes. You really see, like, I mean, as soon as he committed in his head that he was going to commit a crime, he, he should have known. He should have known. He was like, I need yep. to switch shirts. Karma's going to get me with this shirt. I need to switch shirts right now. Like, I need to put on a shirt that says, I like to steal things. That would be a better yeah. shirt for this. Okay, anyways, uh... I've got an interesting one here, Dave. This story is from People. Sweet. This one. Okay. Th- this one's a head scratcher in so many ways. So many ways. So we've got a man that is charged with three not good charges at all. Nope. Uh, okay. His charges are attempted rape, attempted sexual assault, mm. and aggravated indecent assault. Jeez. We'll go with his first name, Daniel. So Daniel was getting ready to marry his soon-to-be wife. Mm-hmm. And uh, over their wedding weekend, they had one of those, you know, pre-wedding dinners, you know? Yeah. With, with the whole crew. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was at Shawnee Golf Resort in Delaware. And during the dinner, Daniel left the proceedings and saw the bridesmaid in the hallway. That's when he pulled the bridesmaid into the locker room, and that's where the uh, alleged assault took place. Which, by the way, I should mention, it was corroborated by the security footage at the resort that it did take place. Now, as the the assault, obviously, that's not good news. That's bad. Everything about that's bad. But as the assault was taking place... The wife interrupted the assault. And then the two fought each other in an argument in the parking lot. <laughs> then two days later, they still got married. Get married. Yeah. <laughs> what? Every what? time. Every time. Dude, there's there's so many ridiculous parts to this story. First extremely ridiculous that he would be thinking of sexually assaulting a woman on his wedding weekend then that he's sexually assaulting his wife's bridesmaid like what then it's his soon-to-be wife that catches him literally in the act like, I'm so confused by the insanity of it all. I mean, did the bridesmaid still participate in the uh, wedding? still in the wedding. <laughs> like, talk about an elephant so in the room. Like, just so awkward. So weird. I hope and are they an open bar. Are they still friends? Like, they can't still be friends. Nope. Can they? No can no they? Way. Like, I don't get no. it. Insane, man. Insane. Uh, Dave, little follow-up. Our next one, follow-up. So I'm sure you remember this story back uh, in the summer. July 10th show, we had a story about a principal from Boca Raton that said Mm -hmm. he couldn't say the Holocaust was a factual historical event. You remember that? I remember that guy. Yep. Yeah. He's been fired. There you go. Oh, good. 
There you go. There you go. So the, the county school board stepped up and did what was needed in this instance. Yes. Uh, they, they told the principal to go back, you know, put out another statement, and he, he said his statement had been taken out of context. And I was like, Word. I, I yeah. don't know. I don't context. know. <laughs> and he wouldn't go back and make a, make a new statement. So they were like, all right, well, we got to fire you. So there you go. There you go. You don't you don't acknowledge history in a high school, you get fired. That's what happens. Nice Your nicely done, now. Boca Raton. Nicely done. Uh, Dave, this next story comes from the Associated Press. And Ooh, uh, it's AP. making Yeah, that's right. This is as much as you can get right there. Uh, mm-hmm. this uh, they're making fun of the Maryland police a little bit here. Hmm. Uh, and, and, yeah, they may deserve it a little bit. Deserve so, so? Okay. So Montgomery County police were chasing a 56-year-old man that was charged with burglary and assault. And in the report of the chase, so when they were writing this whole incident down, the, re- the police report said the man jumped over a 12-foot wall twice wait what then in the story so so yeah so obviously the uh ap was like we don't believe that and that's what they keyed in on in the ap story they go on immediately after saying that they go on to say the world high jump record is just over eight feet it's unlikely that the 56-year-old man cleared the wall in one jump. Word. Yeah. Come on, Associated Press. I mean, obviously. Obviously. Like, could the police have chosen a better word? Yeah. Should they have gone with, like, scaled a 12-foot wall or climbed a 12-foot wall? May- mm-hmm. Maybe even pole vaulted the 12-foot wall because the world record for pole vault is 20 feet. So he obviously could have cleared 12 feet. That would have been easy money right there. That's a warm-up. Just to, yeah. Just throw that out there. I mean... That's what it, I was going to say. The jumping, when they're doing the high jump, it's they're like uh, sideways. That'd be, that'd be a real bad way to land on the other side of the wall, too, I'm guessing. Because I'm guessing there wasn't a big cushy pad on the other side of this wall would just be exactly. my idea but i mean we need to get to the bottom of the story ap we need to find out if this was completely accurate because i mean if this is completely accurate we need to get this 56 year old man take his talents out of jail to japan for the 2020 olympics that's right he needs yes, to be over there <laughs> if he's if he's if he's jumping 12 feet we need to know we need to know uh, Dave, our next story, Newsweek. Newsweek. Uh, Alrighty. Did you know that there's a wizard rock? Hmm. Wizard rock. Yeah, wizard rock. I, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, that's right. There's a there's a wizard rock in Arizona in Prescott National Forest. Yes! Uh, it's mm. in uh, Prescott National Forest, but for about a month, for about the last month, it's gone missing. Oh. That's right, Dave. That's right. How big is this rock? It's about a ton. Jeez. It's about a ton. Ooh. So Wizard Rock is unique because it's a giant black boulder, but it has streaks of quartz running through it. So it makes it extremely unique. I could guess 
some people see it as like lightning strikes is what they see. Uh, you know, as far as as far as the courts, people are said to yeah. be attracted to the boulder for its extreme beauty. Now, Dave, I'm I, I'm not trying to detract from the extreme beauty, hmm. mm-hmm. but in the pictures I saw, the courts running through it also made it look like it was just bird duty all over it. What? That's okay. Yeah, that's. I mean, the little white strikes. That's all it looked like. Was like a bird just had a field day with that rock. I'm just gonna, <laughs> just gonna be honest. Um, Some people love the like art and like how great this thing looks, and you're like, yeah, it looks like. Sh-. I Literally. mean, it 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 has, and maybe that's just the pictures. Maybe it's just the pictures. If I'm in real yeah. life. It could look amazing. I don't know. Wilderness manager James Williams said, uh, the easy way to steal it would be with a backhoe. Hmm. But if you had a trailer positioned properly and didn't mind beating some things up, you might be able to do it with a bobcat. But uh, you surely aren't doing it. going to be able to do it any other way. He then went on to say, Purchase boulders cost one hundred to two hundred dollars per ton, depending on the u- uniqueness or beauty of the stone. Hmm. Uh, guys, do you remember me saying earlier that it weighed about a ton? So somebody snuck into this national forest at night with excavation equipment of some sort to steal a rock worth a hundred to two hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like these 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 people had to have some other plan for this rock. Either that or they were like really misinformed. I get the feeling it was like two dumb dudes that were on a hike with their friends and their friends thought they would mess with their two dumb friends. And they're like, hey, guys, you see those streaks going through that rock? That's all diamonds, bro. What? That's the most expensive rock in the world right there. And those two guys were like, oh my God, don't tell anybody. We are so gonna steal this rock. And then, like, the next couple of days, they show up at a pawn shop with this rock. Like, hey, we've got 2,000 pounds of diamonds outside for you. I was like, what idiots. But, Dave, I have have news. Because before we even made it to the show this week, the Uh stolen wizard rock became old news. Because on Sunday, this past weekend, wizard rock magically returned. Because it's wizard rock. Exactly. Exactly. So a National dun, Forest dun, employee, dun. he was walking around, noticed, uh, so it's back. That's weird. Word. They don't have any answers right now. They don't know why it came back, how it came back, where it came back, but it's back. That's all they know. That's all they know. It went to De- another universe. Yep. That's that's the easiest thing that we could explain it with. Dave, last uh, story for Rip from the Headlines for right now. Uh, the next story comes from NBC Channel 5 in Dallas. But just a note, the story is about Chicago. Wait, what? So, okay. <laughs> Chicago's mayor, Lori Lightfoot, started in 2019. She's, she's a newcomer, right? But she's been mm-hmm. making some changes all throughout the city. She actually just had to uh, work with the striking public school teachers to end their strike, and she's done it. Mm. Uh, but she's been there doing everything, even down to the public libraries. And last month, she unveiled a new policy saying that there would be no late fees 
at the library. They were eliminating debt in the library system. So it's been about a month since the program was unveiled. And reporters have gone in to see how the program's been going. So when people talk to the library commissioner, and yes, Dave, that's a real thing. There is a library commissioner. Wait, what? What title? Exactly. I would like to tell. I would like to know how that person managed to get the title of commissioner. Seems a little extreme. Like library manager seems a little bit better, but commissioner, commissioner. (laughs) Anyways, library commissioner Andrea Telly said that since the new plan has been enacted, book returns have increased. 240%. Jeez. Damn. People were just waiting on that. Exactly. They they knew where the books were. They just weren't going to bring them back until... But that's amazing. You're telling me there are people out there that are like, oh, Jesus, finally. Been waiting to get back into the library game. I just couldn't afford it. Those $12 yeah. <laughs> late fees were keeping me, man, from perusing. It just kept racking up on interest rates. <laughs> Jeez. Now, finally, the golden key back to the goods of the library. Yes. Yeah, well, you do you, Chicago. You keep enjoying those books. Uh, Dave, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guest of honor, Jordan Davis. This yeah, is Jordan Davis off of his new album, Homestay. We will be right back here on the Doc G Show. You light me up, take me high, kill me with a kiss, and maybe I'm dangerous. Better buckle up. And we are back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Hmm. Guys, go on the App Store. Mm-hmm. Go on the Google Store. Whatever it is, your phone. You know how what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Go on there. Download your podcasting app. Yes! And then search the Doc G Show. Amen. We're on freaking all of them. Amen. Every single one. Amen. Do then, it. Give us a rating. Yep. And check out the docgshow.com while you're at it. Yep. It may get you'll it, see it, what's going on. It may give you some incorrect information from time to time, like when we have to switch guests, uh, sort of impromptu, like this what? week. But for the most part, it'll be correct. All Trust in us. all, he doesn't mess up that often. No. He is a freaking doctor. That's true. It's true. That's a fact. Uh, Dave, I also want to mention our boys in Lonely Highway. New album yeah. is out. Dropped. Barn Burner. Get you some. That's the name. And it is it is fantastic. I know live this past weekend have been jamming the whole weekend. Every, every yeah. walking, my sidewalk walking, I've been doing it to Lonely Highway. That's right. I've been I've been rocking Ooh-hoo-hoo. in the USA. That probably picked your tempo up. Yeah, in, living in the USA, <laughs> bad boy. I've been jamming on all of them. 
Such good harmonies yeah. on Bad Boy. Such good harmonies. Yeah. Solid. Solid. Listeners, go check it out. It's right up. If you're if you're a Jordan Davis uh, fan, it's right up your alley. It's right up your alley. Uh, sure. Okay, Dave, it's time for some shout-outs. Some shout-outs. Shout them out. Uh, okay, so first off, regulars, of course, Jacksonville, yes. shout-out. Shout Thank out. you. All, Duval. all the Duval listeners. Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you, Gamecocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, shout out Mozambique. Yes, shout indeed. Out. And Mozambique, our peeps. I would like to say, Dave, not just Maputo this week. What? Also, Shizai. Yes. Shizai. Shizai. It's X A I. X A I. And apparently it's pronounced Shizai. Yeah. Shizai. Mm-hmm. Shizai. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm in. I'm all in. Thank you for the listens. Looks like a pretty nice tropical paradise there. I got to be honest. Looks like some nice beach vistas. Yeah. That's right. Also, shout out Charleston regulars. Thank you, Charleston. Thank you. Shout out Atlanta, Hotlanta. Shout out. Shout out Ashburn, Virginia. Shout out to those guys. Regulars. Thank you. Virginia's for Doc G lovers. Amen. And lastly, Genoa. Shout out. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Semi-regulars, Dave. Semi-regulars. Shout out. St. Louis, Missouri. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out. Fort Lauderdale, our South Florida residents. Thank you. Thank you for the lauder. San Jose. Shout out to San Jose. Yes. Yes. Shout out. Princeton, New Jersey. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, now, here's two semi-regulars that just make it in to the semi-regular. Uh, they don't come on too often. We'd like to see them more. Zurich, Switzerland. Okay. Shout out, Zurich. Oh, oh wow. Shout out. Shout out. Borges, France. Borges. Yes. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Borges, gorgeous. Indeed. Okay. Newcomers, are you ready? Yes. Shout out, Osaka, Japan. Yeah. Osaka. No, you, I love it. I love it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fan of Japan. That's right. It seems so Me mystical too. and awesome. I mean, just can't wait to go visit the bonsai trees, the 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 samurai warriors, the, the high the tech, food. the high tech culture, the you know the. Yes. The, the Hong Kong, just technology-driven. Oh, man. So cool. I had some Japanese whiskey the other day. It was pretty mm. freaking good. Hmm. Didn't, oh, yeah. Didn't know, cultured. Didn't know they made whiskey. Hmm. Anyways, then we've got Calea, Spain. Calea, Spain. Oh, yeah. You killed that. Thank you. I almost, I almost didn't do a two. I didn't do a two L as a Y there, like a rookie. I almost didn't do it. Uh, yeah. You remember your Spanish 101? Of course. Of course. It only took me like eight years to get it. Uh, yep. Last one. Denpasar, Indonesia. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Alrighty. Thank you to all Welcome the listeners. Newcomers. Yes. Thank you. Keep listening. It only gets better. All right, Dave. Second birthday suit. Are you ready? Hmm. I'm ready. Okay. This Can't one, let everyone down. This one, like, 
it's hard in some ways. It's very easy in others. So we'll see. Okay. okay. Really? Okay. Birthday Sue Ware was born in Ontario, Canada on November 6, 1861. Goodness gracious. Yes. He's dead now. What? Um, our birthday Sue Ware lived with his aunt and uncle for many years and then atten- attended Almonte High School in Ontario. He then attended McGill University where he played Canadian football, lacrosse, Rugby, soccer, and gymnastics. Sweet. Quite, quite mm. a, quite a multi-sport athlete. There, he yeah. he earned Very a impressive. degree in PE in physical education in 1888. He then became McGill's nice. first director of athletics. But soon after, uh, he left to become a teacher at the world famous YMCA International Training School in Springfield, Mass. While there, he had to come up with a game for cold winners. Dr. James Naismith. Oh, look at you go. Look at you go. Nice. What a guess. What a guess. He knows his sports, ladies and gentlemen. He knows his sports. So our birthday Sue Ware created a sport he called basketball. The first iteration of basketball had 13 rules. When the first game was played December 1891. In two years, the YMCA was promoting the sport nationally already in just two years. Jeez. Uh, Our birthday suit wearer left Springfield to earn his medical degree and then joined the faculty of the University of Kansas. He did not join the faculty to coach basketball, but he ended up coaching basketball. He ended up surprisingly (laughs) being the only coach to have a losing record at kansas ever he's the only one (laughs) the guy that how annoying is that you're like i made this game you turds why can't i coach better than this he ended up with a record of 55 and 60 that was his final record in 19 not bad not not bad almost 500 in uh, yeah. 1936, our birthday suit wearer was sent to Berlin for the Olympics to watch basketball be introduced as an Olympic sport. Woohoo! Oh, that's cool. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, you got to think about that. Like, I mean, you made a sport, and now it's in the Olympics. The freaking Olympics, like the the peak of sports. Athletics. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, think about that. Like, that, I mean, like, there are sports that have been going on for, like, ton of years that still aren't in the Olympics. Not many. But, right. I mean, there's there's still some out there. But, like, I mean, and you're, you're living, and you're like, oh, hey, by the way, guys, I made this. This was my sport. That's but right. he wasn't, he wasn't a, he wasn't an attention grabber. He would always try to defer. He'd be like, "Yeah, I just you know, they they took it. They did what they wanted with it. It's uh, I just mm-hmm. I just came up with it. No big deal. No biggie, <laughs> right? It's pretty Man. impressive." James Naismith, Doctor James Happy. Naismith. Happy Memory yes. Day. Yes, enjoy enjoy his sport world. Enjoy his sport. I sure do. Go shoot some hoops. I sure Go do. Watch some LeBron tonight. Ugh, okay, fine. <laughs> Fine, I will. Uh, Okay, Dave. I didn't get to this story, but I wanted to let you know this. uh, This story is pretty, pretty interesting story. This uh, one I didn't get to here. 
uh, for the rip from the headlines, but it's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Give it to me. So, so uh, this last story from from Ch- uh, Fox Channel 5 in New York, uh, mm-hmm. but it's about somebody in Australia, just for War- Okay. Dave, have you ever had some really bad nasal congestion? Hmm. I have. You know, when like, you're sick I, and everything's just stuffed up and you can't even breathe. Has it ever been really, really bad to where you perhaps formed a rhinolith? Wait, what? A rhino lift? A rhino lift. Lith. I, I can't say that I have. Yeah, neither have I. But apparently, rhino lifts are formed usually, typically, right? out of minerals like calcium and magnesium and phosphate and then sort of the mucus and other stuff sort of build up around these deposits and you just get this like stone basically in your navel cavity not good not good that sounds painful yeah 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 well a man in australia had been having symptoms of a rhinolith for a long time and he was like you know what better go to the doctor get this checked out that's when the doctor realized that the rhinolith that was causing the obstruction was made out not of calcium or some other mineral, but mm-hmm. of a balloon of marijuana Word. that wow. had been in this guy's nose for 18 years. Girl, come on. <laughs> Holy crap. So, I'm sure, Dave, you want to know how this happened. Let me explain. I mean, I have a general idea, but I'd love to hear you break it down with your scientific knowledge. Here we go. Apparently, 18 years ago, the patient was in prison. So true. During a prison visit from his girlfriend, the girlfriend supplied him with a small quantity of marijuana inside a rubber balloon, which Mm -hmm. the patient then put in his right nostril to hide from the prison guards. When he tried small balloon and yeah, weed. E- either that or huge nose. One of the two. Uh, I'm <laughs> guessing huge nose. Not that you see that. <laughs> when he tried to get the marijuana out, he kept pushing it deeper into his nose. Ew. He pushed it so far into his nose that he actually thought, you know, it went through his sinus cavity and down his throat because he felt like all this congestion and whatnot, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it didn't. It was actually still back there, and wow. it stayed back there for 18 years. Uh, now, call me crazy, Dave, but if I if this was me, if I was this dude, and I started having congestion problems and my nose started ha- hurting, I would instantly think back to the time I shoved weed up my nose and be you like, would think. "Hmm, I wonder." But you're if also that's- not a convicted felon, and yeah. I mean, there. Let's be honest. There's plenty <laughs> of smart, convicted felons out there. I mean, he may not That's be one, true. but there's plenty of smart ones out there. So true. Uh, also, if if this if the balloon of marijuana was that small, like, why didn't you put it somewhere else, like under your tongue? You can even put it in your belly button if it can fit in your nose, and like. Your- Or there, you know? (laughs) Also, I don't know the statute of limitations on drug crimes in Australia, but I hope that girl, for that girlfriend's sake, they've already passed. Because that would really suck if all of a sudden the the officials came knocking on her door like, hey, 18 years ago, what were you doing? Oh, geez. 
Oh, yikers. <laughs> Girl, come on. Uh, Dave, this weekend we have had some pretty big uh, happenings. And that, say that is, of course, we switch back to standard time. Say what? Yes. Ooh. We left daylight saving time and we went mm-hmm. back to standard time. Sure did. I f- figured we may have some listeners uninformed on what and why we changed our time. So, what better way... say to- uninformed that we changed our time. I'm like, they're a couple days late. <laughs> if, if they're uninformed about that, they're probably wondering why our show came on at the time it did. Man, they are off. Yeah! They are off by an hour tonight, guys. But... I thought, what better way to drop the straight dope on our listeners than with some hot takes of history? Give it H-T-H. H-T-H. Hot takes of history. Okay, Dave, first off, a lot of people, when referring to daylight's saving time, they say daylight savings time. Many people turn the second word saving into the plural form. However, since the word saving in this instance is part of an adjective and not a verb, the singular is grammatically correct. So, when you hear someone say daylight savings time and you want to get punched in the face, tell them that they don't have... (laughs) Yeah, tell them they don't have proper grammar. Just go ahead. Excuse me. Excuse me. Just in case you wanted to use proper grammar. Yeah. Just wanted to let you know. H-T-H. H-T-H. takes of history. That wasn't really a hot take of history, but it's fine. I that wanted to let that one out. The whole uh, thing, yeah, yeah. I know you had that in your back pocket. Exactly. Englishman William Willett is the first person that seriously led a campaign to implement daylight savings time. Yep. Yep. That's right. Was Many he the other... farmer? No, he wasn't. He was not. Oh. Many others had the idea of daylight savings, but it was Will in 1907. He was out for an early morning horse ride, and he got mm-hmm. the idea in his head. He was like, hey, what if the clocks just move forward so that everybody could enjoy this fantastic sun? Sweet. He then published a 1907 brochure called The Waste of Daylight. And he basically spent all of his money from then on promoting how awesome Summer Sun was. Will died in 1915, and in a case of irony so awesome, it should be an Alanis Morissette song, the idea was implemented in 1916. Oh. Ah! I'm so close. <laughs> So close. It first happened in Canada and then next uh, in the German Empire. Next in the German Empire. Uh, Okay. Okay. HTH. HTH. Takes of history. So, uh, England, couple months behind Germany in implementing their daylight savings time. They still did it in 1916 as well. Took a little bit longer. Now, one thing, though, that I like about Britain's idea of daylight savings time, they didn't Mm -hmm. call it daylight saving time. No. They called it summertime. Sweet. Yeah. Um, 
simple. Nice. I like ex- it. Exactly, right? You could even have DJ Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith's hit song, Summertime. That's right. To be your anthem for the change. How awesome. How awesome. I'm just saying. Pretty awesome. H-T-H. H-T-H. Of history. Okay, so daylight savings time was all over the place in America. It went back and forth. In 1918, Woodrow Wilson signed the Calder Act that forced everyone in America to use standard time. That's right. Then, two weeks later, they reversed the act and said, you know what? Now, everybody use daylight saving time. Wait, what? After a year, that act was repealed and people went back to standard time. Girl, come on! And then... For the next 40 years, all kinds of cities were enacting different time acts, which meant you could go on like a 40-mile trip through the Northeast, and you would get seven different time zones. Blam. That's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the best. That's too much. Yeah, no. Like, I mean, every time you stop for gas or or food, you have to be like, hey, what time is it here? Mm. Yeah. What time do you got here in your weird land of Ohio? Like, you, that's it's odd. It's odd. But in 1966, the Congress enacted the Uniform Time Act that enlisted six months of standard time and six months of daylight savings time. So true. It was then extended in 2007 to eight months of daylight savings time and four months of standard time. Now, just so you know, not every state has to enlist into that act. They can stay on standard time if they want, which we'll get to in the next HTH. HTH! HTH. Takes of history. Okay, Dave, last year, I don't know if you saw this, but Florida Congress passed a bill called the Sunshine Protection Act. That's a fact. Yeah. It was proposed to stay in daylight savings year-round. Daylight oh, saving yeah. year-round. Say what? Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, for this to go into effect, it has to be approved by the U.S. Congress. Yeah. Right. The bill's labeled uh, 2537. Yeah. It's sponsored okay. by Marco Rubio. Right now, has no other sponsors. Nope. And it's been stalled. Oh, come on. Does, doesn't seem like it's going to pass, Dave. Doesn't seem like Rude. it's going to pass. But I would like to say, as I did in the last HGH, there are two other states that don't go on daylight saving time. Yeah! At all. They stay in standard time year-round. Hawaii and Arizona, they refuse daylight saving time, which is ridiculous to me. Which is ridiculous. They never participate in daylight saving time. Which is interesting because, like, you're not forced into it but if you want to participate in it, you have to do it with every other group. Girl, come on! Like, that right. doesn't... What? Come on. Nope. What if we want to go all year round? Let us go all year round. We want to get used to it. I do have to say, though, I would find it a little weird if every time I left the state during winter, I'd have to go changing time zones. That would be a little little odd. It's, it's yeah, like any... But- well, it's like any time right. you go out uh, to the, the crazy panhandle and you go to, like, Pensacola mm-hmm. and they're in central time zone and you're like, Yeah, and you're what? like, what the heck? I'm still in Florida. This is so weird. Where am I? Oh, foreign land. Weird. 
I, know, I just don't like that it gets darker early now. HTH. I do hate that. I agree. I I don't. I, I that's that's my biggest thing. I really hate it getting dark at like yeah, six. That's right. I don't and like. I don't show. need it to be getting light at six a.m. No, like it can get light at seven a.m. and be dark yeah. and not be dark until seven p.m. So yeah, yeah. Rant I, over. Yeah, no, I don't like showing up to the studio in the dark. That's no good. That's right. It's no good. Exactly. Uh, okay. When daylight savings time was extended by two months, Dave, in 2007, there was a 7% decrease in crime that year. Say what? Wow. Yeah. Don't really know if those two are correlated, but it happened nonetheless. Just, yeah. just throw that out there. There you go. There you go. HTH. HTH. Now this is uh, this is probably the most interesting one. In 2012, Niles Gammon, a man in Ohio, was charged by the police twice for two different crimes at the exact same time on the same day <laughs> due to daylight savings time. Oh, yeah, real downer for Niles. Real Dang. downer. Got busted once. Let him go. Had his summons the for court. Hour. Then the next hour got busted again. Exact same. Exact same time. Idiot. Two, yeah. Two problems. Real big downer. Real big downer for Niles. Real big downer. I'd say so. Okay, guys. That has been HGH. HTH. Hot takes of history. Hot takes of history. Hot takes love of it. history. That we are now hot. informed about daylight saving time. Yes, indeed. Saving. Singular. Boom. Boom. All right, guys. We will be right back with Jordan Davis right here on the Doc G Show. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show today, everybody. We are extremely lucky to have a huge Nashville star. And if you people out there think I'm, I'm exaggerating, try this on for size. Best new country artist by iHeartRadio. Platinum hits with Take It From Me and Singles You Up. Live performance at the 2019 CMT Awards. That is a Nashville star. Mr. Jordan Davis. Jordan, how's it going, man? Doing good, man. Dude, that intro is awesome. Oh. I need you to intro every time I go anywhere. I need you to <laughs> intro me, man. Make me sound a lot bigger than I am. <laughs> oh, no way, man. You have you've been on fire uh, the last, last couple of years, for sure. And... I'm going to say up front, I'm going to try and not have beard envy during this interview. Wait, what? Like, I, yeah. I don't say it often because I, I like to think that I have a pretty good beard. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a nice beard. But, yeah, uh, it's dumb, man. but you, man, you're, you're in the major leagues. I'm double A ball of, of beard game. And, oh. and from yeah. what I understand is you went into it late. You sort of uh, just. You know, sort of. Okay, I guess I'll grow a beard now, and everybody seemed yeah. to like it. I was, yeah, man. I uh, well, I was, I was bartending, and I had at the place I was bartending at. I kind of had to 
had to be clean shaven. Mm. So Lame. when I finally left the bartending gig, uh, I was actually able to like grow a beard out. So I just kind of got lazy. And, mm. So it's a little bit rebel rebelling from the job. You were yeah. like, oh, thank it God, I don't crazy. have to shave this. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, and then I started putting music out. Now I'm stuck with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, now it seems like you're a pretty humble guy in, in beard game and in life. But like I said, you went you went zero to quick uh, sixty pretty quick. I mean, you you moved to Nashville in 2012. You signed a music contract in 2016. Singles you came out in 2017. Hit number one in 2018. I mean, those last three years they must have been crazy. Do you do you remember? A point in those last couple of years where you you stepped back and you were like, "Whoa, whoa! The, the, my music is really popular right now. Like I didn't see this yeah. coming." In that point, do you remember a specific point of that happening? Uh, man, when we when we were out with Old Dominion early earlier this year, yeah, uh, you know, we were playing, you know, some hockey arena. I can't remember where exactly it was at, but. Uh, I mean, I just kind of felt this. I mean, I just realized that they were—they all knew the words. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, and I remember, you know, we walked off stage, and I was just kind of like, "Wow, this is like really, this stuff's really connecting with people." And not just the singles. So it yeah. wasn't just the bigger for me and the singles you up. You know, they were singing "Leaving New Orleans" and "Tough to Tie Down," and uh, and that's when we all kind of just as a band were like, "Man, this is really." This is really kind of starting to take off. And, yeah. Uh, and it's just been kind of lucky, you know, fortunate that it's been on the, on the positive for, for the remainder of the year. Uh, we're just in a really good spot right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, so you mentioned the singles just on Spotify alone are at a quarter of a billion streams which is yeah. which is crazy and then and then total streaming of everything you're well over half a billion now and I, I crunched the yeah. numbers that's that's yeah. enough streams for everybody in Louisiana to listen to your songs 108 times <laughs> just wow. in your home state alone that's man crazy. just in your home that's state that's crazy now, now, speaking of that, like we said, Louisiana is your home state. That's your album title. You grew up in Shreveport. And uh, I've got to say, if the listeners haven't checked out your home state stories on, on YouTube, they should check them out. It's a, it's a great way to get to know you and sort of... Uh, you know wh where the songs come from where the man behind yeah. the stories and uh it, it gives you good connection one of those stories uh you talk about the municipal auditorium uh where you saw john An uh, anderson concert your uncle who's in the musical business he got you backstage tickets and uh you you said right before john anderson walked out on stage he tapped you guys on the shoulder and said what about it boys that's yeah it's such a dope line that's so yeah, cool. Dude. Like that that was, so cool. Were you thinking after you saw that, like, I've gotta be in the music business? I know it wasn't first up, but like for that week afterwards were you like, Yeah, this is what I gotta do. Oh dude. I mean he was he was Elvis. Like, you know, after that, like it was like you know, obviously like it had such a you know, I was I was so young that it wasn't like, all right, this is what I'm doing, but I just yeah. remember that moment sticking with me, like for so long after that. And like I've told that story probably a million times, <laughs> and uh, and you know I, I just remember like, and even now like thinking back on it, like I can put myself in that spot, 
and remember him like walking out, you know, in big duster jacket on. Yeah. And and like it was just such a cool thing. And then yeah. he, you know, goes out there and you get to see the crowd, like the crowd react and yeah. the lights. It was just something that really stuck with me. Man. And, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, that, that probably, you know, without me knowing it, that was probably very influential in me starting, you know, to, to move. Yeah. Or to move even harder toward music. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's what that's why I'm not performing concerts like that. I'd, I'd walk up to you guys and be like, hey, did you guys try the popcorn? Yeah. There's, there's real butter on that. So, yeah, <laughs> gonna go play some music now. I'll see you guys later. Like, yeah, see, just be, be something so nice. No, he's definitely he's a cool cat, man. It's a cool mean, line. You know, what it, about it, boys? Yeah, man. What about it, boys? Yep. That's good stuff, man. That's good. Uh, one of the other home state stories that really stuck out to me you uh, drove a 69 Jeep Wrangler to school every day, and you and you show a Wagoneer. A Wagoneer. And yeah. uh, and you show you show it off. You drive it around a little bit with the the bad brakes and all. And uh, yeah. you try to get out of the uh, Jeep, and you can't. <laughs> you have to call your dad over. And I love it because it's exactly what my dad would do. He acts like it's the most normal thing in the world to require a pair of pliers and have like ten separate steps to get out of your yeah. car. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah hand to me those pliers. Hold on just a second. Yeah. Let me uh, you pull this handle. You slide the glass back. Yeah, totally normal. That's how you do it. Is everything <laughs> that he has like that, does he basically just keep things it, that that should a normal person would be like, you know, this is broken. But he's like, no way. It still works. Yep. It's fine. There's a boat. There's a boat in our driveway. We should have got that. That hasn't run in years. And it probably never will run. <laughs> and every time I go home, I'm like, Dad, I'm like, what are you doing with this? What are you doing with this, this boat? I'm about to fix it up. Nope. <laughs> uh, he's always about, he's always about to fix up everything around his house. Yeah. But the the thing is is that he's been about to fix everything up for the past fourteen years. <laughs> so now he's just he just has stuff all over. And even like that, I was like, Dad, man, get I was like, dude, this this is our like this car is is is, is special to me, to my brother. Like it was their that's what they wrote off in their wedding in. Yeah. And I was like, Dad spend some money man get this thing well he's like man if i fix if i fix that window somebody's gonna come and steal it this is my <laughs> death system It'll so be- he's just like he finds a way to okay everything <laughs> that he's just a redneck man <laughs> it'll, it'll be too fancy people will see that new yeah. window and be like man i gotta have that yeah. what uh, <laughs> my dad has a weed eater same deal uh, you go and start it it does not start and you're like dad the weed eater's broke he's like no it's not first you take a yeah. spark plug out you clean the spark plug then you open up the yeah. fuel line you gotta rev yeah. it a couple times and you're like just it's three hundred dollars buy a new one man yeah. get a new one I, dude i hear you uh, we, we are fighting the same battle and we'll probably end up <laughs> exact same way oh yeah well that's i mean you know i realize that around like people will find things in the studio and they'll be like hey this this uh this microphone's broken i'm like no 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 no. you got to jiggle the the end of it you just it, it's good it's a sure microphone don't throw that away it's fine yeah. <laughs> uh now now uh i'm a lover of food and so usually when i have guests on i ask them about their hometown about where i should eat and now i've actually seen on the home the home state stories you brought up Herbie K's. Now, if I ask you where I should eat in Shreveport, would that be the place you'd send me? Yeah, that's it, man. Nice. Herbie K's. It's just a little, 
a little dive in in a in a pretty secluded part of town that looks like it's run down and there's a bunch of empty empty old buildings and uh out of nowhere you'll pull up to it and you'll be like man this place is you, you won't even think it's in business and <laughs> you'll roll in and have have the best meal you can have in Shreveport nice. shrimp buster yeah uh, I saw the shrimp buster sauce I took a look at the menu that's right I, I was already I was planning on that was you were gonna be definite on Herbie K so you know I took yeah. I, I checked it out I think I'm going catfish sandwich with the shrimp buster sauce sauteed onions yep. and jalapenos that's what I'm going yes. with. I mean you would not golly dude I'm hungry right now just hearing that <laughs> <laughs> it sounds man, good they, man and the, the marinated crab, crab claws that they have uh, ooh Ooh. You get that as an app. You can go with your catfish, po' boy or sandwich, and then uh, finish it off with a couple of the coldest beers I've ever had in my life. They're fish bowls of Budweiser. Now I, I saw the the uh, salt. That was an interesting, uh, interesting, uh, interesting touch your dad had of sprinkling the yeah. salt in there. It did. Yeah. It sprinkling it in with the effervescence that you saw. It was. I was like, mm, that does look extra good. I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah. I want it now. I want it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, now, growing up, obviously, you had a lot of music in your life. Uh, your dad, your mom were both very musical. Your mom played in church. She practiced the piano. Your uncle was a musician. He was a songwriter. But you ended up going to LSU for resource conservation. Uh, now, I heard that was your brother's degree, too. Uh, was that the reason that you chose uh, resource conservation? It's sort of like my bro's doing it, so I guess I will. Or what? What dragged you into that major specifically? Hmm. So I got into it because I started out as the uh, I started out in petroleum engineering, mm. and I couldn't pass a physics course. My <laughs> second physics course, I had to have a C or better. Yeah, and I took it twice, and I got I got a D both times, and I was just like, man. I'm I'm gonna go broke trying to pass this class. So I went to my counselor and I was like, "Hey, I don't want to be in school anymore, and I want to work in the environmental field. So what is the quickest way for me to get out of this college?" And <laughs> she said, "You should major in environmental science. Switch your major to environmental science, uh, resource conservation." And, I I like uh, it, man. That you again. I did, but it was, we're in it was this, totally a thing of me getting out quick. We're in the we're in the same boat again because I did uh, I started out in biomedical engineering and uh, mine was no more doubt. calculus two. I got to calculus yeah. two and was like, "What is this? What are they yeah. giving me?" And then I, I had to go to the advisor and be like, "What? What? Do, how, how do I do sort of the same thing I'm looking?" They're like, "Just go to biology," and I was like, "Okay." That sounds better. Yep. Let's go. Let's just go that way. Um, did you did you play music the whole time you were in school? Like, were you thinking even while you were there? Like, I still love music. You play it all the time during college. Uh, I didn't play a ton. I I, I was writing. I started yeah. writing more than I ever did. But like, uh, yeah, my brother at the time he was doing. He was playing the college circuit in uh -huh. Baton Rouge, and so like I was just kind of rolling around with him. And, we were kind of traveling all over Louisiana, and he was picking up gigs in Lafayette and uh, Monroe and kind of all over the place. So yeah. I would roll with him and, and write and just hang out. And But, man, it wasn't until, really, I moved to Nashville. I moved to Nashville, and uh, I, I played my first show. Yeah. 
Yeah, so so you moved to Nashville, like I said, in 2012, and I, I heard an interesting story about how it was about four years after you got there, uh, you had your chance with a, a music publisher on a on a fishing trip, but you, you screwed up the audition because you had a little yeah. too much alcohol the first night. Give, give us yeah. give us a little insight on what happened there that that first audition. What happened? So we were all out. We've been, you know, hanging out all day, fishing, drinking. And yeah. then at the end of the night, we they built a, built a fire and, and uh, we were all kind of sitting around. And, and I look around and I'm sitting around a bunch of music publishers and songwriters. Yeah. And I knew at the time, I was like, man, I've drank too much. I probably don't need to be playing and singing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I look up and here comes the guitar. And I was like, well, dude, I'm not getting out of this without playing a song. Yeah. Like, so, and, you know, I didn't have a... Uh, yeah, I was looking for a publishing deal, and uh, I was still I was still bartending, and yeah. I started trying to play. At the time, I had just written "Slow Dance in the Parking Lot," yeah, and I was like, "Man, I'm gonna play Slow Dance in the Parking Lot," and dude, I just absolutely butchered it. Like, <laughs> I was like, "Man, I, I knew the song was good, but I really hadn't tried." Like, I kind of wrote it and forgot about it. Yeah. And then we're sitting at the sitting around the fire, and a buddy of mine who had heard it was like, "Hey, Jordan, play that new song you wrote about." The parking lot yeah and so i just absolutely butchered it and i wake <laughs> up the next morning and i was like man i was like dude that was that was kind of my shot to kind of impress these yeah these publishers and maybe maybe get closer to getting a deal and luckily man he's, he's one of my best friends now uh ben strain he came up he called me the next day he's like hey man i kind of feel bad about about last week i feel like that uh that wasn't the best uh, <laughs> and, you know first impression so uh why don't you come in uh, come in the office and, and and let's go around to and see if we can do a little better yeah and uh and yeah man and i sure enough i ended up signing with him a couple months after that the sober the sober audition was way better than the drunk one all it right. was way better <laughs> way better yeah oh man well you, uh, you uh you mentioned you know your first actual performance was when you moved to nashville and i i heard that up to that music deal you'd really only performed a handful of times before you got signed because you were looking more for that that writing side that songwriting side um yeah i how you know how big of a switch was that once you actually started doing these shows how much did it take to be like wow i'm gonna have to be in front of these people and perform was that like a, a big deal for you when you first started hmm. uh i mean i thought I, I remember you know i was super nervous about it but yeah. uh after that first show like you know luckily i feel like we did it right in that we booked a show in the middle of nowhere down in alabama and uh and i was you know for my first four or five shows i played with 15 or 20 people and yeah. i was able to like kind of get all the kinks worked out and yeah i was playing my music so nobody knew it <laughs> it was kind of like you know but yeah i i've been i was offered a record deal before or i was told i was going to get a record deal before i played my first full band show man that's so but you know and i and i say that too it sounds like and it really wasn't that, like my label like didn't do their homework it was just like <laughs> basically yeah we'll just try know, this guy who is this i don't know yeah. <laughs> sounds good yeah they uh you know i mean i just had and i still have one of my strongest relationships with uh her name stephanie right who i teach i mean universal yeah um I, I mean i think i just like we just were on the same page and 
you know, once I decided to do the artist thing and go that route, yeah. you know, I told her, I was like, hey, I'm going to go in this 100, you know, 110%. And, you know, I just promised her that I was going to do everything I could do um, to hold up my end of the deal. And and she promised me the same on her end. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's really worked out, you know, here Definitely. three years later and we have a big record and, um, and, and some really cool things so yeah but yeah it was definitely a very unconventional uh new artist signing <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and uh we, we mentioned the album home state still going banana still being streamed all over the place and i heard you say that you cut like 15 songs like you wanted to make sure that these were the the best songs that you had out there when you put home state out Wait, what? looking back on it now have you rethought any of those songs? Could they potentially make it to a, a, a new album? Or are you still pretty uh, sure that those songs that you cut from the album should remain cut? Hmm. Uh, we, we we just recently released one called Trouble Town. That, oh, okay. Uh, that, was, that was very close to being on the record. It was actually going to be on the record. And then we put Selfish in its place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Man, it, like, I, I definitely think that the remaining three, uh, well, now there's only two with Trouble Town being out. Uh, those are probably going to go on the second album. Nice. Uh, well, well, speaking so, of that, where uh, where are you in the process of that that new album? How far do you think you're off of releasing it? Oh, uh, we're we're really close. Nice. I think that uh, you know, it, it's obviously like everything's changing now as far as you know. I think music releases in general. So yeah. Uh, it may, you know, it could be an EP. We could just kind of single song release it uh, and, and make the record up that way. But uh, but we're really, really close. I mean, we have seven songs done now. Now, uh, are, are you an album type of guy as far as you, when you listen to music, do you appreciate a whole album or would you just rather oh, yeah, yeah. find yeah okay so so yeah. you, you still want to put it together sort of in that form because i really feel like home state is in in that form of sort of that yeah. whole album feel yeah no i definitely think that like there has to there has to be something there has to be some type of tie between all the songs you know much like home state and, yeah uh and and the second one's going to be that exact same way nice uh, you know, I've been married and, and have a kiddo. And, yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, this the writing for this album, you know, I was just in a totally different headspace um, than, than I was for Homestead. You know, Homestead, I wasn't. Some of those songs I wrote before I even met my wife. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, now, you know, we have the album out that's, you know, some songs about the kiddo and then the wife and how we met and stuff like that. So, well, now, now, speak, speaking of that, real quick, have, has your uh, wife given birth yet? She has, or no, not well, not not yet. Uh, November nineteenth. Oh man! So literally, just a, a couple weeks. We're almost yeah, there. Dude. We're almost yeah. there. Do you know if it's a, a girl or a boy? Hmm. No, we're gonna wait and find out. Oh my it's gosh. Fun. Oh yeah, man, dude. the the surprise yeah. finale—that's gonna be. Yeah. I because I was looking through the Instagram and I was like, I don't see. Yeah, I don't see anything as far as as gender. You're gonna leave it uh, guessing, man. That's old yeah. school. I like it. I like it. Yeah. What scares you the most about being a dad? What are you What are you the most nervous about? Uh, I mean, you know, we're we're gonna slow down a good bit, but like, you know, we just, I mean. 
you you got to travel to play music. So uh, you know, being gone, you know, it's kind of kind of nerve wracking just because yeah. we're busy. And we're you know about to announce a tour next year, and yeah. uh, so it's kind of like you know just being away from home. But uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it is what it is. And, yeah, I uh, got a bunch of family here in Nashville, and they're gonna come over and, and help out with with whatever the wife needs. And, nice. Uh, now, now, so, since you're, I think that's the most that, that's the most nerve wracking thing I got now. Yeah. Well, since since your wife's an attorney, is she going to be like the uh, the hard parent? She going to lay down the law, and you're going to be the oh, one yeah. that's going to like take them out for ice cream after they get yelled at? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, for sure. She nice. Is, uh, She's really good at, at being mean, so I'm gonna let her <laughs> and you continue that route, and I'll just be the uh, yeah, I'll be the ice cream guy. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. Well, uh, one other question about the music you uh, you finished you just finished like you said an overseas trip with Old Dominion. Uh, side note, Matt and Wit they represent my home state. They're right from my area of Virginia. There, um, yeah. how did that tour end up? uh as far as uh seeing europe how what was what was your favorite thing outside obviously all the venues looked amazing and the concerts look amazing but what was the, your favorite thing about europe in general that uh of the trip hmm. man uh probably uh glasgow we went, to, went through scotland nice uh, and had a day off there so yeah. we were able to kind of go to the lake district and you know, I mean, to me, like I love to travel, yeah. And and I've always wanted to be to go over to Europe and get to see some of those spots, yeah. Just as a tour, and uh, man, it's just so beautiful. Like you know, the the countryside, um, you know, just being a part of of a country that's so old, yeah. You know, so much older than us, uh, and getting to see some of those buildings and uh, and then just you know be just see a different culture and a different meet different people and get to talk to them and did you did you get to check know, out Loch Ness no nah, we didn't get to go we didn't go to Loch Ness I wish we would have but mm. uh but we're going back over there in March and me and my wife are going early uh nice and we're gonna get do a little bit more touristy stuff uh but yeah just kind of be I don't know just going over there and like you know going into coffee shops and talking to, to locals yeah I don't know it just makes the I know it sounds cheesy but it just makes the world seem a little smaller well, and you get uh, to you get to be you in a different place. You get to live, yeah. you know, live in a little bit of a different life, and just sort of see how they live. It's got to be, yeah. It's got it's got to be exciting. But uh, Jordan, man, we are up against a break. I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. And next time you're in Jacksonville, you need to let us know so you can come to the studio. Yes, absolutely, man. I'm, dude, I've enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me on, and I'm definitely I'm gonna take you up next time I'm down there. I'm going to come in and do it again. Awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Listeners, you can check out everything Jordan Davis at jordandavisofficial.com. You can also follow him on Instagram at jordandavisofficial. Right now, let's take a listen to Slow Dancing in the Parking Lot, the good version, the sober recorded version, right here (laughs) on the Doc G Show. Lights go down, wheels go round. I'm taking you home, hoping for a slow song to come on.
what's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And this Rock and Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? And we are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, Ooh. man. Fantastic. Fantastic guy. I mean, he better he better watch being being loose with that uh, offering me to introduce him. I will go out on tour you, with you'll him. You'll take him up on That's that. That's right. I will go out on tour with him, and he will regret it. He will be like, this is the worst MC I've ever Who had. Who is this guy? This guy is a nut bar, <laughs> and why does he keep looking so enviously at my beard? Jesus, it's freaking me out. Does he not N- make eye contact with anyone else? <laughs> 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 oh man, and we need to we need to go to Shreveport and hit up Herbie K. So true. That just seems yeah, like a good place to sandwich, eat, man. man. Ooh, yeah, I bet crab you it's good. Crab I bet claws. you. It's, oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm betting all of it's good, man. I'm betting it's all tasty. He made it sound tasty, and I'm gonna. Don't you worry, Dave. I'm gonna come up with a cool line. Nope. Like what about it, boys? Nope. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna have myself. Before we start the show. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna have me something dope. And and I'll walk into the studio and say it, whatever it is. <laughs> I haven't came up with it yet, but it'll be cool. Don't you, you worry. It'll nah. just be natural. It'll be real stupid, whatever it is. Oh. Anyways, thank you to Jordan Davis. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. And again, just like the him offering uh, me to announce him, he also said he'd have to stop by the studio. He thought we, we were joking. No. We're gonna be serious on that. One also too. taking you up on that. He's gonna, yeah, he's gonna regret that one too. He's got oh, Jesus. They keep calling me. Oh, this Lord. guy again. Nut bar. Anyways, all right, Dave, are you ready? Third birthday suit. Last one, three for three. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Think you got this one. Born in South Jamaica, Queens, New York. South Jamaica, Queens, oh, New York. Trick. November. There. November yeah, I delayed on the Jamaica. You were like South Jamaica, really? Nope, South Jamaica, Queens, New York. That's a fact. Mm. November sixth, nineteen seventy nine. November sixth, nineteen seventy nine. Our birthday suit where his mother died of colon cancer when he was twelve, and his mm-hmm. father was a heroin addict that he never really knew. Jeez. So he was wow. predominantly raised by his grandmother. He turned yeah. to basketball as his outlet. As a senior mm-hmm. in high school, he was re- recognized as the parade player of the year. Yeah. Mm. Our birthday suit, uh, where ultimately ended up going to the University of Rhode Island. He ended, mm. up, go- ended up going Weird. pro after one year in college. He was picked up by the L.A. Clippers, number four overall. That's a fact. His first season, he averaged 16.6 points. 7.8 rebounds and 4.2 assists Jeez. as a rookie. He was traded to the Heat one year after one year and then traded to the Los Angeles Lakers in the Shaquille O'Neal trade. Yes. He played 8 seasons with the Lakers winning 2 titles. He played 3 more seasons in the NBA before being waived from any team. Our birthday suit okay. wearer married Khloe Kardashian in 2009. Uh, Lamar Odom. 
Lamar Odom is correct. Yes, indeed. Turning the big 4-0, Lamar Odom. Turning Getting the big old. 4-0. Sad. He got he got turned off by the big three. They didn't accept him, man. He didn't play well, well enough to stay in the big kind three. Kind of followed his uh, dad's footsteps too. So he's got. He's got. They a, want he's, that in your. He's got your a little league. problem with addiction. A little bit. He's battling. He's got some demons. He's got to battle. Got to get some staying some things straight. You know, that's what he's yeah. got to got to work it out. Lamar, you work it out. All right, you work it out on your big four zero. We're Best behind you, Lamar. Birthday. We're behind you. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday to Lamar Odom. Baller, though. I mean, 16.6 oh. points, 7.8 well, rebounds. Know, 6'10 guy, stretch four. Didn't really have it back then, so pretty like kind of like a pioneer of the position. That's right. Yeah, he's a baller. Baller. And then Straight I didn't baller. know he was uh, Rhode Island. Didn't know that. Yeah, that's weird if you're going to be the player of the year and then go to Rhode Island. But Well, he went to UNLV. There was some NCAA violations, hmm. and then he went to Sounds Rhode about right. Island. It was not him, though. It was the coach that was causing the uh, violations. Uh, I didn't uh, think he was getting, he was getting paid. Uh, I can't remember what it was for. There could have been some payments, but, you know, it was all the coach that was orchestrating it. So that was the, you know, uh, Odom wasn't actually given, like, any reprimand. Uh, it was the coach that had all the reprimanding. And then that's when he transferred and had to set out a year and then played at Rhode Island. So there you go. Fun fact. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Lamar, have a happy birthday, man. Happy birthday, uh, sir. Dave, we have some fantastic shows. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We've got them. That's yeah, what we've got. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic Negrito. We have also Rev Amos. We've had him on the show before, Reverend Sean Amos. Back he's coming again. on. The, yeah. He's got a whole new band. They're called The Brotherhood. Reverend Sean Amos and The Brotherhood. They've got a new album or single out called Counting Down the Days. It's fantastic. We've also got the new pop alt band, Miss You, who's coming on the uh, show. They're pretty awesome, Ooh. man. I got to give it to you. They are good, good stuff. I'm very excited about all these shows. They're all coming up. We're going to have some good times coming up on the Doc G Show. But until next time, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave Burlestone the Third. Berlin. Hmm. Guys, I don't have much, but we'll see you next time. And yep. uh, if you made no, it no, this long, props to you. No, no victory. No victory Wednesday. No yeah. victory Wednesday. Oh! It's, it's all right, but sad, sad week going into a bye week. But like so, you said, we've we've uh, they they've got some they got some Nick Foles action to look forward to. Yeah, St. Nick's coming, coming, you know, right just in the nick of time when the Christmas spirit. So, who knows? Maybe the, the Jags will finish. He better bring 11 it. Eleven and five. Bring the fire, Nicky. Bring the fire. I want to see it. I want to see some fire action. Fire action, Nicky. Sorry, I got a little. <laughs> I got a little, a little excited. Hyped up. Sorry, sorry. We're Until tuning down and you're tuning up. <laughs> Until next week. Zip it up. And zip it out. Zippity doo dah.